everyone and welcome to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter and I am joined as always by Tim. Make sure to check those right angles. <laughs> Tim, is it really bothering you that they kept calling a set square in this a triangle? Yes, I did not like that. <laughs> it was bothering me. I'm like, who are these people who call a set square a triangle? I mean, I know it is a triangle technically, but it, it, yeah. it's a set square. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> we we talk about horror I think movies. It, like I think in the states we call it isn't it a protractor. I think that's what we always. Or is that something different? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, if it's a U.S. term, I don't know what the, I've never heard of it. So, <laughs> I uh, uh, I think protractors are are what we usually call there, or maybe it's similar. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, either way, it was weird. Yeah, it's got a set square in the UK at least. <laughs> uh, so, was, which is why it was bugging me because it's set in the UK. It's set in goddamn Wales, and even the Welsh guy is like, uh, "Did you use the triangle? Did you use the triangle?" I can't do a Welsh accent. I'm trying my best, as I can't do it. Uh, anyway, so yeah, we talk about horror <laughs> movies, and we've already started talking about the movie, seemingly. But uh, we're going to talk about "You Should Have Left." And that's what I was feeling about five minutes into the movie. Uh, I should yep. have left. Uh, so this <laughs> is a Blumhouse film. We'll start spoiler-free as we always do. We'll, we'll give you a warning before we go into spoilers. Uh, I don't know why. Like The last time we did a Kevin Bacon horror movie, it was one of the worst <laughs> movies we ever had the misfortune of reviewing. So I don't know why we had any hope that this would be good. <laughs> now, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm referring to The Darkness, of course, but I'm talking about this other Kevin Bacon horror movie. I'm talking about The Darkness. This is yeah. technically not as bad as that movie because The Darkness had like bad editing, for example, mm. um, and not just bad editing sure. in a stylistic sense. Like it had bad editing and like a like the timings were just off and lines were getting cut short. Like it had like just fundamental technical issues. This mm. doesn't have that, so it's better than The Darkness. <laughs> that's the, that's that's the high bar that I'm going to give to it. Uh, cool. <laughs> that's pretty much where my praise is going to end, though, if you indeed can call that praise. So, the premise of this one, before I let Tim run wild with his initial opinion, is that <laughs> Kevin Bacon is married to Amanda Seyfried, and he's about 60, she's about 30, like, two or something like that. She's in her early 30s. Uh, so it's like a 30-year gap in age, uh, which is referenced multiple times. It was referenced in the trailer, which we just looked at like a week or two ago. And he's having kind of like jealousy issues because she's an actress and she's doing like sex scenes and stuff in her movies. And she's always on her phone, like booking jobs and talking to her agent or other actors or stuff. And he's feeling a bit, you know, alienated. So he suggests that they go away and she's like, oh, you know, I've got a few weeks before I need to start shooting in London. So we'll go somewhere in the UK and uh, have a nice getaway. Uh, Also, there's a backstory where his like ex-wife, well, literally ex-wife she died but you know his, his prior <laughs> wife died under mysterious circumstances and there was a big trial and many people look at him as like he's a murderer obviously he is claiming he's innocent and uh, uh amanda seafood obviously believes him uh, they've got a daughter and they go to a welsh countryside kind of holiday home that they rent and they spend time there but creepy things start happening and danger might be afoot all well, of course, the paranoia of, is my wife cheating on me with other people, uh, bubbles at the surface. <coughs> so that is the, the, the premise of you should have left. Tim. Yeah. <laughs> how did you feel about it? 
Oh, I mean, this is like a an absolutely train train wreck. This is a uh, <laughs> oh boy, th- this is really bad. Like even you know by like typical you know generic boring Hollywood movies you know that we review a lot of. I think this even stands out as being like you know worse than those. Uh, because it's just there's nothing like interesting about this movie. Uh, I I feel like it, you know, uh doesn't really tell you anything about like the characters or the story or has a point or knows what it wants to do. And it kind of just like, I I feel like leaves it up to you to, you know, put stuff together and try to figure out what's it, what, you know, is important. It's like all the stuff you're mentioning, uh, like, you know, about, you know, the, the idea of like jealousy and, um, you know, this being, uh, you know, this big age gap and stuff like nothing really felt like, like it feels like the, the movie's trying to make points, but it never actually does anything or goes anywhere with them. And then, uh, I feel like stuff just doesn't get explained and I never really have any real like feelings for any of these characters. Uh, like it's so weird. (laughs) Like why would a, a young, you know, attractive, successful actress, (laughs) be dating some random like banker that was accused of murder <laughs> like <laughs> like how like, like it would make sense if he was like something like a maybe like a director that you know like if they wanted to make something like timely or irrelevant like you know why don't make it actually someone that's like famous or, or something for a reason and maybe he has like allegations or something against him uh like like something like that would make more sense versus just like how how in the hell are, are they together and um yeah it, it, it's real stupid <laughs> and uh man I, I just i don't i don't think I, I liked any part of it like the other things like um you know like the the like freakiness of the house it, it never actually like ever has any weight to it like nothing ever feels like really interesting or dangerous uh and and they also like uh do this really annoying thing where uh like it's so obvious when weird stuff is happening but like you know people never like uh really like acknowledge it or talk about it like um you know a quick example like one of the first things you know that's kind of happening that happens when you know like something's wrong is uh like the first night there and uh you know uh the his wife uh you know uh, amanda how, how do you say your last name i always want to say siegfried but it's siegfried siegfried yeah siegfried yeah like uh like you know so like they're getting ready to like kind of like watch the like little tv show in bed before they fall asleep and then he's like oh you know just go turn off all the light switches and stuff and then like you know he goes and he starts going down like these weird corridors and like kind of like getting lost and trying to figure out where switches uh are you know what they do and when ones turn stuff off and what they're for um and then like when he finally gets back it's obvious that you know he thinks he's only been gone for like a minute but really he's been gone for like hours but they play it out like so long and heavy-handed like like as an audience we all know like what happened but they still like have to like tiptoe around it uh to the point where like you know, it finally does the big reveal where like it pans down and it shows the clock that like several hours has passed. It's like, it felt so long and torturous. Whereas like, yes, we know, we know something freaky happened. Like stop, like trying to dance around it and 
act like oblivious like i don't know it, it feels like insulting <laughs> to the uh the viewers in a way that actually really <laughs> made me mad but yeah th this is absolutely awful i, I really hated this <laughs> movie <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, I can't really argue with with a lot of that. Uh, well, the the only thing I'm going to critique is your use of the word pan. Uh, well, whatever. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, I wasn't even going to mention it, but I, I, there was a whole... Th I, I did a whole thing in the ace where I corrected Tara, and I don't want to show favoritism, all right? So, you can't pan down, all right? Just, <laughs> just, just leave well, it there. Well, I think you can, so... <laughs> you can tilt down. You can't pan down. It, oh. Just... Agree to disagree. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Where do, where do I want to begin? Yeah, it, the movie never does anything to... Ex I mean, not the, for the most part, you don't have to explain why couples are couples in movies, but this is such a weird pairing that it does feel weird that it never even has a throwaway line explaining how they met or how they, they ended up together or how this relationship yeah. became a thing. It is is very odd, and it is such a huge age gap. You know, you know, Kevin Bacon is sixty. And it's not that people don't have these weird big age gap relationships, but yeah. it's you know, it's right from the get go. There's this kind of I don't know, like you know, he he hears her on the phone right at the start of the movie when he's out by the pool, and he kind of looks almost annoyed that she's like paying attention to people on the phone and not him. And it's already kind of there. He's got this paranoia that he's you know he's not good enough for her, that he's too old, that he's that he's this or that, and. <laughs> That side of the movie is not good. It's not entertaining, but yeah. it, it's actually the the one that it spends more time on for the most part. And it, like, I, I wouldn't say it's thought out, but it feels like it's that's at least what it's focused on for a long time. Once it yeah. diverts into the more kind of freaky, supernatural, what's going on here stuff, all of that is just... It's weird that, that all of it feels tacked on, but it does kind of all feel tacked on. Because when yeah. it makes its final point, um, and the way that characters just kind of brush over the weird things that happen. And you mentioned one, of course, with the, the, the time difference, but there's stuff later on where it gets proper, like, you know, it's, it's almost like they're in the Blair Witch at one point with the way it's playing <laughs> with geography. And then the characters just kind of, like, I don't know, shrug it off. It's, it's, it's like, it's baffling. It's baffling. Yeah. There, like, it, it doesn't feel like, um like real characters to me like there's i hate when movies do this it's actually a big pet peeve of mine where like people just don't uh talk to each other like someone will say something and then it just gets like brushed aside so again like another quick example is uh you know that one point um you know one of them is like you know oh like yeah you're the one that sent me the link to this house to rent it and then the other one's like i didn't send it you sent it to me and like that's like they just drop the conversation like that's it like, no, like, obviously something weird happened there. Uh, so why don't you talk about that and go, no, wait, seriously, uh, I didn't send it. Are you telling me that you didn't send it either? Like, th that should be something that you both realize is weird and then you talk about it. Uh, but instead, it's a movie that they're just like, all right, we'll brush past it. But then, you know, as a viewer, you're supposed to, like, notice it and be like, hey, wait a minute, that's weird. But it, it like, drives me crazy. Like, and yeah, I think there's, like, you know, multiple instances in this movie where stuff like that is happening and, like, yeah, people are just, uh, you know, not, you know, uh, uh, actually, like, sitting down and talking like normal people would. Uh, and, a, I mean, there's so much stuff to criticize, too, but, like, uh, there's also, like, there's a really big dumb reveal in the end <laughs> that we'll go through in spoilers. I was super yeah. stupid, and then... Well, uh, to be and, honest, a lot of the freaky stuff, like, once you actually get to where the movie's going, 
a lot of the supernatural or freaky stuff doesn't even make a whole lot of sense. It just it just feels very no, random totally. for the sake yeah. of having creepy things happen. Because once you you know what it's been doing, it's kind of like yeah, but how does that you know how do these three things fit into that? And the the, the truth is yeah. they don't. Not even <laughs> on a thematic level. It's not even like thematically they represent this thing. It's yeah. not at all. They're just there because it has to have something happening. Uh, the characters yeah. the, the characters are, are kind of rough to get through they're, they're kind of one note as well which is the you know a big problem and it's so weird because we have like known actors here i mean kevin bacon okay sure like he's yeah. obviously the bigger star of the movie but at least okay he's at that age now where okay he's doing these crappy little horror movies he's kind of past the, the peak of his career but amanda seyfried it feels like she's a relative name so yeah. Like, why are these two? How did this movie get two stars like this? It's it's you know, it's, odd. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's common for them to like pay for the one big star, right? And yeah. Kevin Bacon surprisingly is also a producer on this, so he's getting extra an extra payday out of it. He's getting, I mean, I, I don't know if he's passionate about the project. <laughs> I highly doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's the other thing I was wondering uh, was like, you know, there's probably like so many horror scripts out there. What was it about this one that like made someone say like? Hey, this looks good. We gotta do this. Let's green light this. Like, uh, well, j- j- <laughs> well, I could give you the answer to that, uh, Tim, okay. because the writer is also the director, so that's why right. David uh, Kep, yeah, Cope, the- yes, Cope, the the genius uh, that gave us the uh, the was it 2017 Mummy. <laughs> that is the this very same person. Yes, uh, <laughs> although it is based on a novel, so he clearly read this novel that's... and thought it was the best thing he'd ever read, and thought I'm yeah. gonna do this. I I had never heard of it, but I do wonder if, yeah, if there's something to the novel. Like maybe it is actually something that's really well written, and then it got passed around Hollywood, and people are like, "Oh, this has to be a movie," and then you just get untalented people <laughs> to uh, <laughs> to make it. I mean, the sad part is, is that I can actually almost see like, and again, I can't really talk about why until the spoilers, but I can actually see the nugget of a good idea deep down yeah. in there like I, I can kind of see like if you actually focus on what the final point it, it's trying to make is if it was actually all building up to that i can kind of see what it was doing there the, pr- the problem is is that it spends most of its time doing very generic horror movie stuff because it wants to be a bloomhouse horror movie that it has some cheap thrills and some cheap creepiness so they can market it this way when really what it wants to be yeah. is a psychological exploration of its main character but that's not what it is at all. It just pretends that it was when it gets to the end. <laughs> yeah, and I would say even like the generic stuff isn't handled well. Like, you know, like the like there wasn't even any, I don't know, like cheap jump scares or, uh, you know, some like or like other stuff that uh, you know, usually kind of comes with these movies that is bad, but maybe at least might, I don't know, make it a little more interesting or something like the. You know, cause the whole thing is, like, that the house is, like, kind of freaky and it's doing weird stuff, but, like, none of the stuff ever feels, like, that menacing or creepy or scary. Um, and it's also just kind of, like, weird stuff that the, you know, that the people notice. Like, like you know, it'll, like, a lot of it is just them being, like, hey, this, this thing's going on, or, or this room's like this, but then it's, like, it doesn't mean anything. You know, <laughs> like it does, you, like most of it doesn't amount to much. I think the even bigger problem, and this is something I have with a lot of modern horror movies, is that the the pacing, or more more specifically, the rate of escalation throughout the film mm. is kind of non-existent. It just kind of it it just sort of stays at the same kind of level for a lot of the movie, 
and then there's a moment where it feels like it's about to ramp up because something really weird starts happening and then it kind of it just it, it just it feels like i guess the best way to describe this and i felt this a few times recently with movies is that i'll get to the, i'll look at the time on the, the movie and i'll realize wait i'm like an hour and five minutes into a 90 minute movie so i've only got 25 minutes left and yet it doesn't feel like it's ramping into its final act it feels like i'm still being introduced to things it feels like we're still in the slow build-up and if i'm yeah. at that point still at that that percentage way through the movie not that movies are an exact science and it should always feel you know the exact same at this this time out of any movie but not at all but there's this growing trend with these horror movies where it feels like it barely actually ramps up to any kind of I don't know, momentum and drive is such an important thing in a horror movie where it feels like it's always driving to whatever it's doing. It's always driving, you know, to its its next point. One one yeah. scene always influences what the next scene's going to be. And there's so many scenes in this movie, and a lot of bad horror movies as well, where it's just the next scene because it's the next scene. Not because right. the previous scenes actually set up the next scene. Not not because the previous scenes actually uh, inspire where the characters go next or because they inspire mm-hmm the actions that are taken in the following uh you know part of the story because uh, good storytelling is that everything always feels like it's building from what came before and sure. this you know like there's so many horror movies we watch that it goes through the motions of the, the opening and you know like some movies it might be family moves to a house so they'll be doing ra- random family things when creepy things start to happen so most of the things happening are just random because they have to have them doing something before the creepy things happening whereas a good script a good film will have everything building to some kind of story it'll be building like they'll use those scenes to establish the characters to establish why they care about each other so that when the creepy things do happen uh the stakes to why one cat you know why husband or wife cares about the other or why they care about their children or you know, beyond just the the, the blanket. Oh, obviously they care about them because they're their kids. This yeah. movie, uh, you know, doesn't obviously have that same formula. It's not that exact same thing, but it falls into a lot of the same trappings where we're just doing things because we have yeah. to be doing something. Yeah, it, no, I totally agree. And it, it feels very, like, mishandled. Like, there's so many vague, um, like, statements made about the characters and, and stuff that um but like they don't but they don't really like emphasize it exactly to the point where you know by the end when you are supposed to kind of start having these you know revelations about characters it it doesn't mean anything because it's it feels like you're just learning about it now instead of being like okay this was such a big important like you know through way uh you know throughout the whole movie uh and you know and i feel like a lot of stuff just happens at the end where it's like and here you go and it's like oh okay so that's what this movie was about all right and i think the other big problem with a lot of these these types of horror movies and this one especially is that there's basically just like a how the hell what wacky way do i want to describe this there's (laughs) there's basically just like a failed botox injection where there was supposed to be a tone (laughs) sure (laughs) like i get you I guess what I mean by that is, like, you know, instead of actually having, like, a feeling, like, a presence, like, there's actually... I guess what, I guess what I'm saying is, is that it feels, like, sterile in a way that isn't, like, an intentional, like... Because, obviously, some movies, like, oh, we're, we're set in a hospital, so you want to have this weird, like, creepy sterilization sort of, like, tone going. Like, I mean yeah. sterile in a way where it just feels like 
there's nothing. It feels like it's, it's, it's devoid of actual mood because and it just feels like a fundamental failure of the filmmakers that they, they, they don't actually know how to create a, a feeling. They don't know how to cre- create a tone. So when you have no drive, you have no real tone, you have no interesting characters, what are you left with? You're, you're left with nothing. You're, you're left yeah. with just <laughs> watching things happen because things need to happen. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree with that. And then, I, I mean, I guess maybe the few times it seems like something is going to happen, it always turns out to be a dream sequence. Oh, God, the movie does that twice in the first four <laughs> minutes. We do the, the creepy thing is happening. Wake up. Mm. Creepy thing still happening. Wake up again. Yeah. <sighs> uh, and not the last time it does it either. There's a few times it does it in this movie. Um, yeah. I suppose once they establish that he has nightmares, I, I, I don't suppose I can be as angry about the later ones because it has established he's a, he's a character who has recurring nightmares, but yeah. still <laughs> F you. Still F you, movie. It's just it's such a an overplayed trope at this point. I just, I can't, yeah. I can't not be annoyed at it. Uh, you know, if the rest of the movie was good, then I'd forgive it, but obviously it's not, so. Uh, but I feel like you gotta pick one. It's like, all right, so is he being like, tormented by these nightmares or is this actually a freaky house <laughs> that's doing something to him and it's like i don't know pick one or the other or yeah at the very at the very least maybe get you get one like dream sequence in good faith but yeah it feels like there's so many in this movie uh especially when you get to that weird point where they're both kind of real and nightmares like they're, they're kind yeah. of really happening <laughs> but they're also nightmares and it's, it's this yeah, weird like, what's the point <laughs> yeah it's this murky oh. middle ground it's uh yeah this is real bad and <laughs> it, it, it just it this like feels worse than again just like a you know shitty studio movie that you see in the middle of the year that you kind of just like all right whatever like i don't this feels like the at least maybe like other stuff you could that's like boring or generic but i don't know at least maybe they're trying to go for something or still have some basic formula like this feels like uh, there's just like nothing to it <laughs> like it, i don't know it's uh it, i i really really did not like it <laughs> uh well i think we want to talk about what actually happened so i suppose uh we'll give the <laughs> the spoiler a warning uh although before i do that i will thank our patreon producers for the month uh so thank you to allison m fordice tyler hess and the palaceus david short uh, Bored now and Zammer Jammer. Uh, thank you to you all. They are all twenty dollars and above patrons, which is why they're producers. But you can support us for as little as one dollar per month on Patreon.com/slash/MailFestTV. And for that one dollar, you'll get a bonus exclusive episode of Screams After Midnight every month. And at the five dollar tier, should you wish to go there as well, you can get access to voting for an episode every month and early access to every movie review episode of Screams uh, by one day. So go and have a look and see if you want to support all the content that we put out and keep all of it coming and get some bonuses for your trouble. Uh, so go have a have a look-see. Uh, but yeah, full spoilers for You Should Have Left uh, from henceforth. So, I mean, <laughs> I almost want to just start talking about the fact that when uh, Kevin Bacon goes to uh, see his wife on set at the start of the movie, the guy yeah. he talks to is wearing a Furious 7 hat the whole time. And yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, don't get me wrong. It does make it real that there's just random, like, old bits of merch on these people because, you know, obviously sure. people who work in movies end up with lots of random merch from movies they've worked on before. Uh, it, it, it makes complete sense. But it also, like, almost distracted me because it was just so random that it was a Furious 7 hat. Like, 
Yeah. <laughs> Fast and the Furious 7, really. That's that's the, the, the merch this guy just happens to be wearing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> very odd. Uh, but, yeah, as a, I mean... Oh, I mean, what do, where do we want to start? I mean, do we start with the end and work our way back based on like what it's think, actually about? I, I, I think for this movie, yeah, it's probably the best way okay, to go so about it. I kind of like, it's very clear that whatever psychological problems that he's got, he has before he goes to the house because he has that, that one nightmare at the start. And it's very mm. clear the creepy guy who's talking to the daughter, because that's what the nightmare is, is that it's the... It's, the, it's, it's this creepy guy with makeup and stuff, but it's very clearly Kevin Bacon, right? It's, clear, yeah. it's very clearly him still playing this character. And he's talking to the daughter, and then she sort of wakes up from the nightmare, and then he, Kevin Bacon wakes up from the nightmare after that. Uh, so it's very clear, and then once we hear about his backstory, that his wife died uh, seemingly from an overdose, uh, a, 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 you know, an intended suicide overdose in a bathtub. It, it becomes very clear that... that this is probably about the guilt of her dying and, you know, possibly even that he didn't in- intentionally let her die or, or kill her. And this is about his guilt. And the movie kind of plays with the idea later on that the house is kind of like something the devil built uh, and takes in the souls of people who are deserving to be taken. And that's why it attracts him to the house. Yes. So essentially, like, it ends up being, like, a house where, uh, yeah, like, if you're guilty of a crime uh or or i don't know if it's like specifically like you're guilty and you got away with it like you're drawn to this house and you know once you're there you can't leave which like isn't a horrible idea like that's my silent hell yeah oh that's true yeah <laughs> the silent hell that's that's that's, the, that's that concept uh but like it, it just feels like it's so out of nowhere though like by the time you realize it that like at the end because it's not like the the whole thing with like the wife's death and, and everything like they mentioned it a few times but it never feels like that's a point of the movie because it, it's not like something that you know like they're really constantly dealing with uh and then you know you kind of get the idea when you know there's all the like uh like bathtub imagery and, and stuff like later on but like i don't know it, it never feels like that's what the movie's about so by the end when you're supposed to get this like revelation it, it's like well he never s- seemed like a character that was dealing with guilt or that had this darkness or whatever um and and it's also weird because he actually does seem like kind of a good guy <laughs> you know like like i think like he never really seems like you know like like he's that bad of a father or like um you know like he has like some like maybe some jealousy issues uh later on in the movie but then you know i feel like you know, when you're being, like, kind of tortured by the house, like, you kind of, like, understandably would start to go crazy, but, like, I don't know, like, he seems like an okay guy, so then by the end, when you find out, like, oh, no, he's a piece of shit, it's like, well, it didn't seem like he was ever really struggling or dealing with it throughout the movie. I mean, I guess I slightly disagree, just in the sense that I I thought it was pretty obvious the whole movie was going to be about his guilt from quite early on. Uh, mm-hmm. it was you know just because it was him listening to these like these tapes about how to deal with these nightmares. I I just mm-hmm. the nightmares had to be because of like his repressed feelings about something, and it is you know as soon as we found out about the murder, it was like or the the or the, the the possible murder, it was like okay, it's clearly about this. Uh, I I do agree that it doesn't actually focus on it enough. It doesn't actually do enough mm-hmm. with it, but it it was kind of obvious that it was always going to go down that path eventually. It just sure kind of like. 
I, I, my, my thing with it is that all the stuff that happens with the house, all this, the creepy, like the geometry of the house changing it becoming like a maze and uh, all that stuff where the daughter ends up missing for a while and he's trying to find her later on in the movie, is that all that stuff feels very kind of just randomly there so they can do other yeah. horror movie stuff. Because obviously, if they just get to the point, the movie's only going to be like an hour long, uh, even less than that, maybe. And his realization, you know, because it's, it's so obvious that this, this more evil looking character that we see uh, vaguely in the basement every so often, the, the creepy guy who's supposedly taking photos of the mother sleeping, it's so obvious that that's also Kevin Bacon, which is the other reason why it was clearly about his guilt, is that this is meant to be the representation of his dark side, his, you know, uh, darker self, whatever you want to call it. And, so when we get we we get to the end and because one of the things that felt the most random to me in this is that once he starts like <coughs> chasing his daughter around the house when she's lost and it's becoming this maze where hallways are just he's opening doors and he's getting to hallways that are even longer and it's becoming this weird thing that he can't get around is that we start doing this weird time thing where he starts like witnessing events from earlier <laughs> in the movie where he's seeing them arrive he's seeing himself at his journal. Because one of the mysteries, if you want to even call it that, halfway through the movie, is that someone in his journal has written, you should have left. And it's yeah. actually him from the future who, who who writes it in the book. Why is there a weird future thing happening? I, I do not know. It doesn't make any sense. It, it never really feels like it fits into the narrative of the movie. Um, If there is some weird justification for this that I'm not seeing, I, they did not put it in the film. It doesn't come across in any way. I don't... Yeah, I, I don't think so. And the... Like the to- the house doesn't really feel like intimidating. Like it doesn't really seem like it does anything that scary. Like there's a lot of weird stuff going on. Like yeah, there's like you know these um you know there's these time jumps and there's these things where you know like it'll switch like the the room you're going into or like you know it'll make these corridors like appear and vanish or or you know you might end up in a basement that was that's not supposed to be there or yeah you know, like the big thing like I I feel like they wanted to be freaky in the trailer was like the, you know, oh, this room is uh, bigger on the inside than the outside or whatever. But like... Yeah. And it's worth mentioning, all this creepy stuff really doesn't start happening until after the the wife, after Amanda Seyfried leaves because yeah. they have a fight because Kevin Bacon, not too long before this, when he's kind of mad at her because she's like always on her phone and stuff, he kind of gets a little bit jealous and he decides to check her phone and her laptop when she's in the bath. And it's kind of this, you know, it's this like... It feels a bit shitty, but it's like he's he's looking through this stuff. But there is this kind of moment of relief when he looks through our messages and there's nothing there. There's nothing suspicious. <laughs> there's nothing, anything to actually care about. And he's kind of has this moment of like, oh, I'm being an idiot. I'm you know whatever. Uh, but then the next day, he 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 sees her outside with her phone, and he's like, I'm going to text her and say you and you know you and the kid look cute out there. And then when he does it, he hears vibrations from inside the the kitchen. And it becomes clear that she has two phones. She has like an entire second phone. She has, she's, she's Walter White in it, as it were. And <laughs> uh, he confronts her about it. And very, I mean, without even kind of denying or trying to explain it, it just kind of openly admits that it's this guy that she worked with a movie on that she's having some sort of affair with. And <laughs> it's it's kind of just this awkward scene because we don't really care about the characters that much. And he's confronting her and it, you know, he's been kind of paranoid but it's it's hard to be completely mad at him when he was right <laughs> like so she she yeah. has been having an affair and you know she she gets kind of mad at him for like why, why aren't you just yelling at me like a normal person why are you being so kind of quiet and awkward about it 
and I'm like, well, you are cheating on him. It's not like, like <laughs> you don't get to dictate how he reacts to it. It's kind of a weird complaint. Uh, yeah. So it's 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 kind of an odd, odd thing uh, in terms of like caring about this relationship because it, it, it's presented in such a weird kind of. I don't know, all, almost subdued way, where mm. they kind of bicker, they kind of are mad at each other, and she's going to drive away, she's going to leave for a night, so they're a, a, a separate for a night, and he's going to keep the daughter with him, and that's when all the weird stuff starts happening. And what was weird about, weird to me, though, is that I actually thought it was quite obvious that most of this was probably in his head, that this was all his guilt, all the weird stuff that's been happening, it's all in his dreams, but once the once the wife's away, all this stuff starts happening around the daughter and the daughter is seeing the basement area. The daughter does see like duplicates of Kevin Bacon, like watching them from the window. The daughter does see a lot of weird things. And my only real sort of explanation for it and the point that kind of the evil Kevin Bacon tries to make to him to convince him that he should stay uh, at the end is that if, if you stay around your daughter, your dark past will consume her too. So the idea being that she's seeing all this weird stuff in the house because even though it is all coming essentially from him and his guilt, it is also really happening. It's not just completely, you know, in his head. It's not just him hallucinating because his daughter is experiencing it as well. And the idea is, is that all of his his mistakes, all of his trauma, all of his like uh, baggage will extend to her. So he has to kind of willingly give her up and sort of let her go with her mum at the end. Because that's the thing when Amanda Seyfried shows up at the end to pick up the the kid the next day, like. He hasn't even mentioned to her that there's been weird stuff happening. He's just at this point accepted that he has to stay here as punishment, and he admits to her at the end of the movie, "I'll let her die." He didn't. He didn't like premeditate like murder or anything like that. But he he could have saved his wife. He came home, saw her in the bathtub, and chose to let her die. And the the double meaning of the movie is finally revealed because obviously we read you should have left, and it's like oh you should get out of the house because it's scary and it's spooky and it's going to do things to you. <coughs> But it's actually a, a him. It's, it's like a double meaning of him saying he should have left his marriage years before he was willing to let her die, because he was always unhappy and he should have admitted to that to himself and have left. So deep inside here somewhere, there's an interesting premise of like someone admitting that they should have, they should have acknowledged the relationship was bad before they became something awful and let this bad thing happen. Uh, you know, they 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 essentially destroyed themselves by not recognizing the relationship that was doing this to them. And it's an interesting, like, p- potentially nuanced look at, again, someone who let someone die, and then the realization that they became someone who was willing to do that because they were that unhappy, because they they, they became that, like, just that, that spiteful, that hateful to a person, and that admission that they beca- became that, and realizing that the mistakes they made to become that, like, there's actually something, there's some potential in that premise somewhere. I think this movie <laughs> doesn't have any of it, but there is something there. I think, yeah, I mean, I think it's like it's it's kind of strange because, like, you never get any idea or sense of like what his you know his like ex-wife you know was like and what their relationship was like so yeah by the by the time you know you get to this end here where you get this revelation and yeah he's going on like yeah i wasn't happy in the marriage i you know i should have left uh blah 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 but it's like 
all right but uh, i mean you know there's it, it just feels like so kind of like you know out of nowhere like all right well we didn't really have these kind of <laughs> like questions or anything before but i don't know it's supposed to be a big revelation and uh, and i'm also just kind of curious like why <clears throat> um you know this was like such a big like news story or whatever to the point where like everyone knows who he is because like it, it seems like there's a, there's, a, there's an offhand line from uh safe read at one point about how he was he was some he was a rich banker so everyone it became a high profile case because of how rich he was basically all right but but it's not like it's, it's not like it was something where like mysterious where you know oh um she shot herself but then you know his fingerprints were on the gun or, or something like that you know what i mean it seems like all right well yeah she like accidentally drowned in a bathtub it doesn't seem like something that uh you know it's not like he like i could understand if it was something like where he like held her down or whatever and then you know people are like oh like she drowned but she had like imprints on her neck or something or it seemed like there was a struggle or but i don't know it kind of seems like i don't know a, a case that wouldn't have been such a big deal but i mean again i, I just i just think it's kind of weird and then also weird like all right well how the hell did you end up <laughs> marrying this like young actress after that i don't know yeah that part's definitely weird i <laughs> the thing is, i don't think we necessarily need to like see much of this past relationship or anything i think there's part of the the way that the story could have been told if it was done properly is that you just you show his growing paranoia and i think it's <laughs> It's kind of an, a, an interestingly, like, wrong choice to me to have, <laughs> ha, like, to have to have the wife to turn it to actually be cheating on him because I feel like the whole point of the ending, again, in, 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 a, in a movie where this actually makes sense and works because the, the, the core idea isn't a bad one, is that the character should essentially realize that he's growing sp uh, spiteful again, that there's a, a, a chance of a repeat of the the life that he had before where you know he thinks he's married again and he thinks that he's having a happy life but that growing resentment that he had before that led him not to the point of necessarily killing but of you know letting someone die that that kind of is there and it, 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 any kind of like path to healing or path to recognizing your own flaws you know it, it starts with that realization of what is causing it and what makes you become that that type of person and why are you spiteful? Why why do you feel this way? And I think the story doesn't need to actually show us what his life was like with his first wife. It doesn't need to show us that at all. Uh, just just the hints of you know how it ended is all we really need because we can see through this relationship that it is becoming the same thing again. You know, we can see that this is what we can tell what happened the first time through it happening the second time, and that right. can be the story and how, it, how that, that can be the engaging part because we can kind of like start to piece together what this past life was like based on how he's becoming in this time but because they make the choice to actually have her be someone who is you know completely is cheating on him like there's no mm. there's no gray area there necessarily in terms of the the actual like you know he and okay, yeah, we can go into the idea that you know he, maybe because of the way he is, it's it's driven her to seek out other comforts from other people. But it sure. does it does murk it up in this weird way where, like, okay, he's resentful, but most people are resentful when someone cheats on them. This is kind right, of a, yeah. a natural <laughs> response to to such a thing. So that that's kind of a a, a weird 
element to it, but but like I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but when he you know when he's talking about his uh you know past marriage and everything, all he really says is that he was unhappy, right? Like he doesn't say like we don't know that if his wife cheated on him or anything, right? No, we don't know the details. No, because right. yeah, I mean, I I like I get what you're saying, like about how you kind of learn about what it was like by you know, the stuff that's happening now, but I don't know. I, I think it's kind of weird if you're going to mir- mirror those situations, but you know, I, again, I, I don't really know. It's like, all right, well, was he unhappy because he thought she was cheating on him? Well, to, to, to be clear, what? I'm I'm saying we should learn that way. I'm not saying this movie actually does that. <laughs> oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. No, I, yeah. Like I, I get what you, what you mean? Like, yeah, I agree with that, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's weird. Everything about this just feels really muddled and like, I don't know. It, I, I'll I just be don't honest. Think it's... It feels like there's a good idea, and then a complete hack wrote the script. So I, I, I hate sure. to, I hate to be mean to the, you know co-op here, but I, I feel like he just doesn't know how to write a script, and the story doesn't <laughs> come together. None, none of the elements actually feel like they, they click into place. It all just feels like yeah. a, a haphazard, like uh, mesh mash of of the things that are supposed to form this story. Because like, honestly, like I would argue that this isn't really supposed to be a horror movie. I mean, maybe you can still do the horror angle to it and make it work, but mm-hmm. what this really should be is kind of an exploration of this man's like secret and his guilt and why mm-hmm. he's so obsessed with you know how his daughter sees him. Because I, I think that's the other thing that should feel like a strong element to the movie. Like he, he he's really concerned at one point when he finds out that his wife has explained because the daughter starts asking questions about why other people don't like dad his, her dad that much. And mm-hmm. Amanda Seafood basically tells her the story, and that's how we find out kind of what happened. And when he finds out that she's she's done all this, he gets really mad at her, and he's really concerned about how his daughter like looks at him now. He's he's worried that she'll look at him uh, and be scared, <laughs> or look at him like he's a monster or anything like that. And there's dare I say almost a sweet moment where everyone's like really quiet and awkward at the dinner table, where the daughter kind of puts her hand on his hand, mm-hmm. and he's kind of like he has this moment of like I don't know like relief or. Of, of you know feeling the love of his daughter and he's he, it, it comforts him and yeah. even the idea that the reason why he makes the right choice in the end again in a better version of this movie is because of his daughter because that's you know opened his eyes enough to see okay he has to acknowledge who he is and why he becomes the the worst version of himself because he doesn't want to be that around his daughter because he wants to be better for his daughter there's actually a really solid potential character drama at the center of this that could be a good movie there really sure. is yeah. but this movie doesn't actually have any of it click together this movie doesn't actually explore any of those ideas it's it's just there to be a like it wants to pretend that it's a smart movie it wants to have this at the end sure. <laughs> and feel like it's doing this smart thing where mm. oh oh it's all about him like he should have left his wife years ago it's the guilt of that and like honestly the idea is solid the problem is is that the movie's not built up to this at all and the actual horror elements feel so tacked on and lazy that they don't feel like they belong to the same movie i mean yeah if the, if the actual horror elements felt like they thematically tied into what his guilt was uh if they actually felt like i mean the, the closest it gets i suppose is the idea of like this other version of himself is his darker self and it's him like you know recognizing that and sort of admitting to i mean hell you could do something really interesting here where he actually truly believed he had no part in her death but this was about him realizing that he did actually have a part in her death by choosing not to act like you could do some sort of like realization of his own like guilt like you know where he waved it off before and convinced himself that he was not to blame 
but this was him admitting that he, you know, actually he could have saved her, he did do something wrong, admitting that he at least was an accessory to murder, <laughs> if nothing else. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, there's potential interesting character beats to be played from the And I have no idea if the book's any good. Maybe the book actually does all these things and the movie just completely sure. balls it all up. That's entirely possible, but... Yeah. I don't know. No, it, yeah, no, I, I could, like, see something like that. Like, maybe... Yeah, they have more... Um, yeah, they go into more uh, interesting angles and then, yeah, this is just the a case of someone taking a interesting idea and then just really not doing anything remotely interesting or exciting about it um and yeah i, I do, do think you know, the... it's, it's as if like it's as if michael bay remade night of the living dead and removed <laughs> okay. all of the subtext and removed everything that makes that movie actually no why am i even saying that it's like if Zack snyder remade dawn of the dead <laughs> which actually happened and it removes yeah. all of the subtext it removes all of the nuance that makes dawn of the dead a satire of a horror film and instead mm. is just oh this looks cool because the zombies and they're biting and it looks cool and it's flashy yeah. and there's violence and <laughs> that's all it is uh <clears throat> and admittedly that movie's not as bad as this one is but like you get the point i'm making sure. is that it doesn't actually have any of the actual weight behind it uh it, but wants to you, pretend that it does yeah like you, you get the idea it's uh it definitely is not as smart as they intend it to be um yeah because just nothing feels impactful or you know uh there's never any point where i was like oh wow that just blew my mind i can't believe it's like no it's all very dull and lifeless uh and like even the house itself i think is pretty um uninteresting uh to look at like you know uh like you kind of mentioned like sterile before like you know not that like it should have been like a big creepy castle or something but at least something like that would have atmosphere like yeah this does just feel like kind of a boring house even when they're doing like endless corridors or you know creepy basement steps like it, it just feels pretty boring yeah there's nothing really distinct about it nothing really you know stands out as being memorable or just yeah, there's, there's nothing to it. There's just nothing to it. Uh, and there's some weird elements. Like, there's a, there's a whole scene where Kevin Bacon, like, goes to buy, like, groceries at one point. Uh, oh, Because yeah. <laughs> he wants to get stuff. And we have this weird almost comedy scene of him, like, interacting with the, the well shopkeeper, who is, like, really quiet and slow and, like, goes and gets everything he asks for one by one. And then when he eventually does start talking to him, he kind of, like, speaks really quickly. And Kevin Bacon's like, I don't speak Welsh. And the guy's like... Yeah. it's english and he's, he's just speaking really fast and uh yeah. and it just it, it feels kind of and he's basically just there so that later on because he implies that he knows something about the house so then later on when kevin bacon the, the weird stuff's actually happening he phones him and he gives him some exposition about how well they said there was a house before that and before that there was the devil's tower and it's been yeah. no matter how many times they take it down a new thing gets built and you know the devil will always keep building uh, the new tower uh, uh weird <laughs> it was a really weird exposition dump in a movie that like i don't know if it needed one and yeah it, it doesn't feel like you know that that is for this kind of movie <laughs> um I, I am like a little interested by these townsfolk that just know <laughs> that they live uh near like 
some weird devil house. <laughs> well, like, the, the problem with this is that it, it, all that stuff, because there's like a random woman outside the car as well when he comes out the shop mm-hmm. that sort of implies stuff too. And the problem with all this is that th- this actually sets it up as if, no, there's just like a creepy haunted house that everyone's got heard rumors about. <laughs> but the per- the story itself is such a personal, like, you know, realization of who he is that it just doesn't feel like it belongs in the same movie. It feels like it's just trying yeah. to mesh two things together and let's be honest here the biggest problem i've not even talked about yet all, all these things add up to making a movie that is so boring <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah very boring <laughs> that's a that's i mean it's problem number one i suppose but yeah. essentially what we've done is we've tried to analyze why it's so goddamn boring and these are the reasons i mean i suppose on top of that the technical qualities aren't exactly that i mean it's not like technically faulty like the darkness is but there's nothing interesting in the direction there's no there's no right interesting camera work there's no uh you know like inspired choices when it comes to the music or like how it, how no it captures style. yeah yeah it's like no style no atmosphere yeah that's, that's nothing basically it. <laughs> uh and look at the creepy stuff like, like the, the, probably the biggest kind of like creepy kind of set pieces uh, well, I would say that's supposed to be the naked, like, dead wife like, attacking Kevin Bacon at one point. <laughs> that's probably the, the oh, yeah. most over-the-top moment. But uh, uh, basically, after the whole maze-like stuff where he lost the daughter, they do find each other. And like, you know what? We don't have the car. We can't get a hold of your mother. We're just going to walk. And he gets the jacket on. He gets the scarfs on. It's going to be quite cold outside. And he just keeps walking in the same direction. But eventually... This, this is, again, this is one of the biggest like moments where, like, you know, this movie is just failing completely. Is that he's like, oh, I see lights up ahead. We're finally getting somewhere. We're finally getting to the town. And like, they're just back at the house. They're, 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 they're somehow yeah. just went full circle. Uh, that's the creepiness. You know, it's, it's, yeah, it's the Blair Witch, right? It's the going in one direction, but ending up back at the same place. And yeah. when he, so he takes a few more steps and then he realizes where he is and he says, we're back. And the daughter looks <laughs> around. And it's like, and it plays it like this creepy moment. And I'm like, you know what? Like, and it's not like being predictable is a bad thing. The, the problem is, though, is that it's predictable. And I'm like, Oh, gee, they're back at the house. Like, the, I'm so shocked. Like the, yeah, the thing is, like, it takes, and I, like, I feel like there's like a couple examples, and like I mentioned before, like the whole thing with like the the clock and everything. But <clears throat> you know what's going on, but the movie takes so long to get there and for the people to realize it. And yeah, like I don't think it's necessarily it would have been like a, a terrible scene or whatever. But yeah, as you're watching, you're like, all right, I know they're back at the house, just. Let's go. Let's get there. Let, let's do it. But yeah, it feels like it's really taking its time and trying to milk it to kind of build up this creepy revelation when you already know like what's going on five minutes ago. Yeah, and then the other thing, just to go back to the end and again, when he's when he's admitting to his wife that he <laughs> let his you know previous wife die, and he's he's talking about what actually happened, and he's being very calm and he's saying that you no, know, he belongs here now. Which by the way, I thought it was weird that she never questions that line. Because he says, no, I belong here. This is where I belong. What, you yeah. belong in this rented Welsh country house? What? She has no context. She doesn't know this is the devil's, like, like I don't know, pit like, of despair. <laughs> yeah, like, when they meet up in the morning and he's like, no, take her. I'm going to stay. Like, it, it feels like it's meant to be, like, the end of a haunted house movie where, like, the person's like, no, I belong with the house now. But you're totally right. Like, she just kind of, ex- like, seems like she just accepts it and I, understands keep, what's going on. <laughs> yeah, keep in mind, she left before any of the creepy stuff. She's not seen any, I mean, yeah. really any of the creepy stuff at all. To her, nothing weird's happened. It's just normal yeah. marital problems, <laughs> and that's it. So it's weird that she doesn't question that line. But, I mean, her reaction, though, when, when he's explaining what he did and that, 
you know, she's she's like she's a little bit scared for a second when he admits that he killed her, and then here's the rest of it. And then her reaction is very much of someone who is like, okay, feeling a lot of emotion of what she's been told. But this is this is why it was clear to me at this point that really what this wants to be is a metaphor or analogy for someone who is acknowledging their problems and that they need help and like coming to terms with their past mistakes. And because her reaction to this is almost like a, a sweet one where she kind of smiles and like like asks, she asks him again to come with them and says and kind of understands that he's he's acknowledging his past and that he's actually you know on a path to recovery or help or, or whatever and i felt like her reaction here because of the way that she plays it it kind of like <laughs> just like cemented what the movie wants to be here and is failing miserably to do it was her reaction that really sold it for me is because that, that's just what that scene wants to feel like it wants to be yeah. that and I felt like this moment makes all the horror kind of almost irrelevant because it's not really what the movie was about. The horror was just a manifestation of something as opposed to, yeah. you know, whatever. But that is, that is like kind of a bad message, though, if it is him, like, finally being able to admit that he needs to take responsibility and get help. And then their reaction is to, like, leave. <laughs> like, that's kind of weird. Well, I think the bigger problem is the fact that if this is like um, an analogy for that, then the idea that he then, because if you're if you're taking this as uh, like a, a, a not, I don't know if I quite say it's representing rehab or, or sure. representing like therapy or representing, but the idea that he's deciding to stay in a place that he can never leave is is kind of in saying that he could never get better. It's kind of him, mm. you know, it's that that kind of implies that once you've realized that you've you've been bad or you've realized your faults that you can never actually recover from it uh yeah which actually takes away from the almost the positive vibe from her reaction to what he's saying uh mm. because the ending of the movie is that like some time passes and then the uh the the, the, the website that has the <laughs> you know the, the the rental like you know bookings mm. says that it's, it's free to rent again and i don't know if that implies that he's gone into the house and that's just now him there or or, or did he leave because he, he's gotten over it. <laughs> he's 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 been through know. his therapy and understands himself. I I mean I don't know. That, that's where the Silent Hill comparisons kind of came. This idea that Silent Hill is a place that you're drawn to because you have this uh this guilt or you have this thing that you've done that you have to address. So, yeah. but I didn't think I'd go. I didn't think when I started watching this movie that at the end of it I'd be making a reference to Silent Hill or, <laughs> or a comparison to Silent Hill, but. Here we are. There is actually a valid comparison to make. Obviously, not in the way it looks or feels or how it handles its story, but there is something there in the the, the core of it to compare it to. Yeah, the, the difference with Silent Hill though is like you might have questions at the end, but they're they're more like, ooh, like oh, I, I wonder, like you know, like you're kind of curious about like what the place and um and what happened to me what happens to the characters uh with this you have questions but it's just more of like who cares like yeah you know like well, it's yeah like, oh, yeah well, i don't know if this makes sense but i also don't give a shit about it no i mean because no the, 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 i mean the, the the best way to sort of talk about this is just like okay you, you've got your david lynch movie essentially which mm -hmm. is completely weird and mysterious but you always get the feeling that the person making it uh like has a clear idea of what this is and mm -hmm. you always feel like there, there is the answers are in there if you keep digging you can theorize and it it, it it's thought provoking that's the best way to put it it's thought provoking yeah. whereas this is not thought provoking this is 
why did the director make this choice why did the writer write this in the script why are these things happening not not in a way that's like intriguing in a way that's like why did they think this worked why 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 is this yeah like another thing too like uh again just you can tell the movie really wants to you know be seen as smart and stuff and like i feel like they're trying to have like a theme of like pictures and mirrors and stuff in it like you know to the point like towards the end of the movie there's like just like a weird throwaway line uh where i think is it maybe the evil kevin bacon like says something like that's the problem with the mirror like when you look at it it you're the one looking back or like something stupid like that and it's like trying so hard to i don't know like have some type of theme or motif with this stuff but again it just feels like it's kind of slapped on there haphazardly and there's nothing like you know actually intriguing about it yeah yeah uh basically everything about the movie is undercooked and uh, and i mean that at a fundamental level every conceptual idea of this film every thematic every character idea of this movie is undercooked it feels like a script that was written by a first year college student who just threw it together in a week and yeah. no no one ever <laughs> Not redrafted by the guy that wrote <laughs> jurassic park <laughs> no uh you know no one redrafted it no one ever like you know went through it and sort of made notes no one ever thought about how to make it better mm-hmm. it just it was a first rush draft that just feels cobbled together and isn't even close to actually succeeding in anything that it's trying to achieve and it's not even an interesting failure it's not like you know sometimes you look at these movies and it's like oh, well this was a complete misfire <laughs> but this analyze why it's such a misfire it just feels incompetent <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh and is and it's boring incompetence it's not fun incompetence and that yeah. just makes it worse yeah this is a very bad movie but it's not like a a fun bad movie you could watch with friends and make fun yeah. of and stuff like it, yeah this this would be painful uh you know to watch with someone you should have left a painful experience yeah. <laughs> and so the uh yeah the, the joke I, I i made online was like uh that you know luckily the the theaters aren't open because like every review would have been like you should have left dot 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 the theater (laughs) (laughs) you're right they would all be saying that hey it may still be plenty of drive-ins i feel like it probably is maybe yeah (laughs) it's the sort of thing that they they put in the drive-ins i feel i feel like this is a movie where someone goes you know i've not been to a theater i'm going to go into a drive-in they'll go and see this movie and go you know what i never want to go to a theater again it was a mistake (laughs) the the whole thing was a mistake (laughs) uh yeah this is like that, imagine if theaters were open and then like you went there and contracted COVID. uh well you know <laughs> contracted the virus yes. uh for this <laughs> this piece of shit <laughs> so this was the one you rushed it for and you, you got yeah. it <laughs> jesus oh dear now I, I i assume this was supposed to be in theaters I, yes right? i think so like, you think yeah no if, if i remember correctly bloomhouse had like an untitled like movie set for me i think this was it i think this was probably the movie that was supposed to come out in theaters in may yeah. uh and then obviously everything happened and they, they, they pushed it and then just put it out vod <laughs> uh because it was obviously one of the lower profile movies despite the fact that it has some stars mm-hmm. in it it was clearly not yeah. one that they, they were expecting a big thing out of uh, the star of friday the 13th uh, himself <laughs> couldn't save this movie no no <laughs> I, that's that's pretty much it uh yeah this feels like a movie that should have come out in january it feels it's of that quality it's this this crappy little movie that 
has no because you know what's so sad about horror is that when it's great and a lot of the great horror movies are these low budget movies some of the most famous movies of all time in the horror genre are the low we can do it we, we're just going to do it because we what because we have the talent and yeah. we can but what's so frustrating is that all the good ones are good because they're not only because there's talent but mostly because they're creative because mm-hmm. they, they they're, they're trying to do something genuine and interesting and new and exciting and they want to create a feeling and then you have at this other end these hollywood low budget like pieces of shit that <laughs> are just going through the motions and doing everything without any thought and it's just i don't know it's just that i don't want to say it's easy because it's not making movies is hard right making a good movie oh, is, yeah, even, totally. is even harder but given that all the good ones for the most part are also just as low budget the fact that like you have these types of movies that are so bad <laughs> are just i don't know there's just there's no like, passion there's there's no heart behind this there's no no one cared about oh, like, yeah. what they were doing in this movie <laughs> oh yeah no, like sometimes there are movies that i don't like but i do feel kind of bad ragging on it because yeah you can see that you know it was made with like heart and passion and stuff this is one of those ones where it's just like no screw this movie <laughs> like I don't, I don't care that, that, this was churned out of the hollywood factory there's there's no uh, passion here uh whatsoever yeah so we've got his untitled oh not untitled but we've got his bride of frankenstein to look forward to uh he's also <sighs> he's also writing uh, indiana jones 5 uh just in case you were excited for that i mean did people really want the writer of indiana jones 4 to come back <laughs> yeah uh interestingly he did direct premium rush which i actually kind of liked that movie but okay. that actually might be the best movie he's got on his whole <laughs> his whole uh i mean filmography. i mean i don't know like he i mean he has like written you know some big movies and stuff like i i don't want to say he's like not talented but i don't know does he just need like a good director to you know take I mean, his stuff and i mean yeah I've, i mean he he wrote panic room he wrote obviously jurassic park he wrote you know he's written some movies that became good but yeah maybe it's yeah. just you know the direction sometimes it's maybe just that the premise is, is solid in the first place uh yeah. anyway it's worth mentioning that jurassic park is based on a book it's worth mentioning that mission impossible right. is based on a show there's there's, you know, there's there's a a solid footing there but of the movies he's directed he's directed about 10 things well seven actual full-length movies um i think yeah premium rush is the only one out of the ones i've seen that are worth a damn because uh, I never saw Ghost Town with Ricky Gervais, but I don't think it was meant to be that good. Uh, I never saw a Star of Echoes or Secret Window, but I've never heard anything good about these movies. <laughs> oh, Secret uh, Secret Window's really bad. There you go. See <laughs> that that might have to be a um, a bonus movie. <laughs> we, oh, really? we do at some point. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Premium Rush, if you don't remember, that is the action movie with Joseph Gordon-Levitt on a bike, and in, like uh, uh, yeah. he, he's been hunted by corrupt cops around the city. Honestly, it's a okay. fun little action movie. Uh, you know, it's it's not I, it's, it's, never, not, it's not high art by any means, but it's yeah. it's there it was, it was a solid fun time. I I never saw it, but I, I do remember when it came out. People were actually oh no, like were saying like oh no, this is actually pretty fun. So yeah, you got Justin Levitt, uh, the villains Michael Shannon. You know, it's uh, oh, cool. It's all right. Uh, it, it's it's so competent that it's it's surprising that David Kilp is the uh, is the director. <laughs> so. Yeah uh but hey uh so I, I guess we're done talking about you should have left uh, <laughs> i will ask him the question what are you rating it out of 10 
Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna give it a straight up two. Because uh, <laughs> like, if you think about it, like, you know, like once you start getting like really, really low, I, I usually like to try to think of like, all right, is, was there stuff in this movie that I like that can boost the score up a little bit? And I honestly cannot think of anything that I thought the movie actually did well or like you know because sometimes even a bad movie be like you know this was bad but this one scene i really liked or oh this one actor was gave a really good performance like you know i mean the actors in this are fine but you know they're not doing anything interesting yeah, i mean or... yeah the, the the script doesn't really give them anything to work with so but obviously amanda seyfried and kevin bacon are actual actors so they're not yeah. terrible either uh and, it... and the and i think like you've said before um you know when stuff is like this low like you know the the only reason why it's not a one is because you can still follow the movie like it's not like you know dialogue just drops out or like you know they they cut a scene in you yeah. know someone's sentence like you know it it is still t- made on a technical level that makes it watchable even though does, does you te- won't want to watch it <laughs> it has some proper act- the acting can be worse and the technical qualities can be worse therefore i think a two out of ten is very fair. Yeah. I'm going to also say two out of ten, uh, for those reasons. Uh, but it fundamentally fails in being a, a, a you know atmospheric or creepy horror movie. It fundamentally fails in the deeper character drama uh, of regret and guilt that it wants to be. It is implying that it is, but it doesn't succeed in any of it. Uh, and then it's just just painfully boring to actually watch. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, you should have left as a movie that should have been left in the <laughs> cutting room floor. Agreed. There you go. That's that's that is it. And this is like one of the first movies we've done in a long time. I feel like we're we're actually doing something like the weekend of the release. It's been a while. You know, yeah. We usually with we have like staggered releases or we're not able to get to something right away. So <laughs> it it's. It felt fun. It it was a. Uh, I was excited that we we're gonna do something timely, and then it was this. Yeah, I think we'll try and do that as often as we can. Uh, it's just unfortunate that sometimes this is what we get. <laughs> so, uh, but yes, that is. Uh, you should have left. You can let us know what you thought of the movie in the comments. In fact, if you made it this far on the review, you can leave the word bacon in the comments uh to let us know that you got this far uh you can also of course uh like like is really important on youtube it lets the algorithm know that you would recommend us out to other people and it'll do so it is the easiest way for you to support us uh, of course you can also support us financially as we mentioned earlier with uh patreon patreon.com slash tv and get some bonuses uh get us on twitter at screams midnight for updates and shenanigans and you know, I, I know Tim was using it to tease how bad this movie was just last night at the time of recording. <laughs> so you, you'll get the odd tease like that as well. Uh, so go and have a look on there. Uh, as far as that goes, I mean, I've actually promoted all this stuff for a while. So I'll, I'll say uh, go check out the Atomic Cinema Experiment. It is the science fiction sister to this podcast, which I do with Tara. And uh, it's good fun. Sometimes there's a little bit of overlap in the movie t- type because, of course, there's a lot of sci-fi horror. Um and you know so go 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 have a look uh but otherwise that is us so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching scary movies guys and we will see you next time <laughs>